So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers. Alright guys, welcome back. This is episode 65 of Hosers. I'm your host Chris Killingsworth and joining me as always is my co-host Carter Lupel. How's it going man? What's going on Chris? It's going really well. Just a uh, rainy day in Barrie but uh, you know making it work and we got Thomas in Toronto. What's going on Thomas? How's it going man? It's raining. Yeah it's uh, not not great anywhere these days it seems. <laughs> Gotta get some sunshine out there. We also have a special guest joining us we have uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms uh, forward, Curtis Gabriel, joining us. How's it going, man? Good, man. Uh, happy to be here. Hopefully, I keep all the names straight. I've never done a podcast with three guys on. So, we got Carter, Chris, and Tom, right? Is that right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm doing well, there though. You go. Off to a good start. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I had a good morning of uh, working out and uh, made a couple calls and then uh, looking forward to talking to you guys. We had, the same, awesome. we had the same morning, Kurt. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you were uh i'm sure you're out there just crushing weights in the driveway in the rain uh it's actually in the basement we call it biceps in the basement oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the kind of information you just keep between the family but i appreciate that carter oh come uh, on <laughs> curtis what's the uh quarantine situation been like for you where where are you quarantining i mean i feel bad saying this every time i say it but uh i love quarantine i mean i know the world <laughs> I know the world's in a tough spot and uh, I'm not going to love it forever, but uh, I've really focused on a uh, big thing for me is controlling what I can control. If you can do that in life, you're going to live a happy life. So I'm just trying to do that. I haven't been so good at other times, but uh, being up here in Owen Sound, Ontario at my mom's place with my stepdad and her dog and my brother's come and visited. Uh, it's been a very, very lovely time. Oh, nice. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize uh so I know you played in Owen Sound, but having the family there too has got to be pretty helpful. Have they been up there for a long time? Uh, I think they're going on three years almost. Um, it's super strange. Uh, I grew up in Newmarket, Ontario. So uh, to, you know, I was always driving back and forth from there and my mom would come visit me when I played in the OHL. But uh, three years ago, they were ready to, uh, you know, kind of move out of the city area. I know Newmarket's still out of the city, but even farther. And uh, they were going to get a house built in Stratford. But then the last second, my mom was like, huh, I never uh, never checked the real estate in Owen Sound just because it didn't cross my mind, but I really like it up there. It's great for retired people. As soon as she went on, she, as soon as she went on boom, this house popped up and uh, she fell in love with it immediately and got right up here in like a month later. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, we're, we're scattered a little bit. Carter and I are in Barrie, so not super far from where you are. And then Thomas is in Toronto, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's got to be pretty cool to spend a little bit of extra time uh, in, in Owen Sound where you, you know, spent a good chunk of your, your teenage years. What have you been doing to keep busy? Uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, I, really, I really like to be busy. Um, I'm always the type of guy that when I do more, I feel better about myself and I'm happier. So I've kind of figured that out, I guess. So uh, I took about probably a week and a half off of uh, working out. And uh, then I got back into that with my trainer from London. That's where I spend my summers usually. So uh, that's been, I guess, the number one. I guess the focus is just to, I feel good when I work out, you know, release the endorphins, makes me feel good the rest of the day, but also to stay in shape. 
but then the main focus has been like my mental side of it because the game's all mental. Like at this point, I have almost all the hardware I need as far as I can skate. I think I do enough in my role to play. I just need to uh, kind of get my software, my mind a little more dialed in so that I can be more effective and uh, be more consistent to play at a higher level. So that's what I'm focusing on there. And then uh, some mobility, um, some stuff I usually wouldn't work on. I've really loosened up my hips and um, doing that uh, pretty hardcore and then trying to grow my social media, uh, trying to you know spread the message that love is love and uh, trying to kind of just show everyone uh, what I do on a day-to-day basis. And I'm um, having a lot of fun. It's holding me like more accountable. So it's been a lot of fun, doing a lot. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, we, it was funny. Like when we started the podcast and we're still trying to figure out, you know, what, what we wanted to do and, and who we wanted to have on, Thomas had actually mentioned a lot of the work that you were doing uh, with You Can Play and, and Pride Tape and things like that. So we're really excited to have you on and, and thanks for spending some time with us. Um, I wanted to get started talking just a little bit about um, the time that you spent in the OHL. And I know before the call started, I, uh, I wanted to make sure that I got the dates right. But you spent um, basically your entire OHL career uh, in Owen Sound. What can you tell us about that and some of those formative years leading up to uh, playing in Iowa and then within Minnesota's system? Uh, I guess the first thing is that uh, I didn't even really know what the OHL was about a year before I made it. Um, I really didn't. I had a mom that uh, wasn't super into hockey. She just knew that I loved it and she did as best she could being a single parent at the time and work with my brother too and stuff. So uh, it wasn't even on my radar. My radar was all of a sudden just because teammates of mine in AA Newmarket decided to try out for the local uh, tier two team, the Newmarket Hurricanes. If they, they were going to try out, it's 50 bucks. My mom said, why don't you go try out? I said, okay, I'll try out. Um, so that was my radar at the time to play there hopefully and get a scholarship and I, it took me a year to make that team and then uh, after that I just uh, fell into basically trying out for the OHL and the Owen Sound Attack and just like that had to move away from home. We did a little impromptu uh, party with my friends to say bye and um, that, was, that was it. I was gone. So it was a very strange um, time in my life but uh, obviously super exciting and uh, the four years there were filled with like anything in life, any, any, you take a four year chunk of your life, it's going to be filled with ups and downs and a roller coaster. And it sure was, there was great times. There were low times, but, uh, made me the person I am player. I am. So I'm uh, really grateful for those times. Uh, got to see a lot of different things, uh, experienced a lot of different things and it prepared me to, uh, be at where I am now, I guess, and still working away. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love that. And I think too, you know, just as far as some of the teammates you had, I know, uh, you know, a, a few of those guys have, have carved themselves out really, really great careers. And I know Jordan Bennington comes to mind as uh, someone that was the goalie there with you. Um, you still keep in contact with a few of those guys? I do. Uh, you're closer to some guys than other guys. Uh, one teammate in specific, uh, he know, would know who that is. And he, me and him don't get along very well. So that's kind of funny. We battle back and forth. Uh, <laughs> but I, for the most part, uh, yeah, I keep up with a lot of guys. Uh, me and Ben are really close, uh, planned a trip together. Uh, too bad this pandemic. Um, I talked to uh, Liam Healis. He's a coach at McGill now. Um, just a lot of a lot of guys. I mean, you play with so many guys over the four years, but obviously that first year it was a pretty special team, and so many guys went on to play at least games in the NHL. So um, really fortunate. Uh, they bring in good people in Owen Sound. I truly believe that. Uh, Dale DeGray, and you were talking about Ian McClelland uh, at the time when he was there. Um, Brian Denny, who scouted me, they, they look for good people and then worry about if they can play hockey afterwards and they have to fit a certain mold. It's a small town. Uh, you can't be getting in trouble. you got to be an upstanding citizen. So 
uh, really thankful to know a lot of good guys and have a lot of connections through those guys. That's awesome. Thank you for that. I know that you were drafted a little bit later into your um, OHL career. Was there a point in time where you realized maybe what you needed to do differently to get to the next level? Um, I think it was laid out pretty, pretty specifically what my role was. Uh, there was, it was never in doubt. It was never like, Oh, well, you might score a bunch of goals. So keep working for that. <laughs> you're a, you're a bruiser, you're a grinder, you're a hardworking player. Um, Dale once said about me, he's never had a player whose stat line mattered less to the team's success. And I take that with a lot of pride. Um, so, you know, really it was just me growing into my body and I was always a tall kid, but never had any muscle behind me. Didn't have a hair on my face for a long time. I was super late bloomer. And I still think I'm a late bloomer. I still think it just seems to, I don't know why it is. It's just me. It takes me a little longer to figure things out, uh, to kind of wrap my head around them. Uh, I'm so passionate about what I do, but it also can be a downfall where I overthink things and stuff. So it just, just take me a long time. And, uh, I needed those three years or really the two years of suffering, um, of, of playing awful there to have that third year and finally kind of break through and get drafted as my last in my last eligible year, which I didn't even know I could at the time. I was just so focused on just being a contributor to that team and grew into something more. I guess you're so like you're so used to kind of the rhythm of a season right now and kind of I guess going back to your quarantine and kind of what you're doing right now. Um, how's it been kind of doing kind of like a not ending your season, but kind of having a break so early and not being used to it. Like kind of, how are you dealing with this? Um, to be honest with you, I'd be dealing with it a lot uh, worse if my team in Lehigh had a really good chance at the playoffs, uh, but we didn't, we were 15 points out. So that was pretty disappointing. So it was almost the opposite feeling. I came home kind of tail between my legs a little bit, but, you know, we didn't, didn't really have a good year. Uh, I wanted to do more personally. I think you got to look in the mirror first and I wanted to do more. So I just came home and had to kind of re, reacclimate myself and get my mind wrapped around it and say, okay, it's time to move forward. So uh, it's been, it was tough at first in a different way than you think, but I think uh, like anything, anything happens with you, it's 90% how you react. And I think I've reacted really well. And uh, I think it's almost pushing me to new things. So I'm trying to uh, focus on that. That's good. It's kind of learning new opportunities, kind of uh, what, how to deal with kind of during the season. So maybe I'll, It'll be good, I guess. So. What can you tell us about Lehigh Valley and uh, the season you guys had this year? Uh, just that uh, it's a great people there. I think you find a lot of places you play in the American League that are, you know, I played in Binghamton. There's great people there. But Lehigh, uh, the way the owners run the team there, they work well at the Flyers. Uh, it's probably the best setup in the American Hockey League. Best fans. Uh, we almost, I think we sell it every night. And the only reason it doesn't look like it's on the season ticket holders aren't there. But always a packed house. Uh, always a lot of fun. You just feel like you're playing in a mini NHL. You think you're, you're, you feel closer to the NHL there than you do in other places. Let's say that. And that's, that's a huge thing for pro hockey players. Um, great place to live. Everything's super easy to get to some restaurants downtown. Uh, people have treated me great. No people in the police department, people who work in hospitals, um, people that do a lot of great things, in the community, the staff for the phantoms, um, Mike and Jen with the charities that help and stuff. So it, it's just a great place to play. And I was really fortunate to be there. And as far as the season, you know, it's, just is what it is. You're not going to – it's the reason we play. Uh, you don't play because you know you're going to have a successful season. You play because it's very, very, very difficult to have a success, successful season. It's very competitive. So it uh, didn't happen this year. They've had good seasons in the past. But, um, yeah, I'd love to uh, – I just wish we had those last 15 games to kind of play it out and uh, show everything we had and um, at least kind of make up for a bit and make a little run. Got it. No, that's, that's great. Thank you for that. I think too, um, with Lehigh Valley, I believe you guys play in Allentown. Is that correct? That's correct. So that's pretty close to Philadelphia. Um, 
were you able to, from friends and things like that on the team, get an understanding of, of how much easier it is to have the farm team so close to the big club in Philly and what kind of impact that had on, you know, your, your teammates' development, your development? I mean, it's huge. Uh, you feel just closer to it. Even uh, when I was with Minnesota, Iowa was only two and a half hours. I think it's two and a half hours, or close to three hours from Minnesota. So uh, before they had it in Houston, and it was a big pain in the butt. So it's really nice that drive. You got used to just getting that call and driving up there was great. So I'm sure it's even better with only an hour and a half from uh, Allentown to uh, Philly. So um, it's great. Uh, you're more connected to the big club. There's more interest in you. Uh, if we were in another side of the country, I don't think there'd be as much interest, but we're in PA. Uh, there's a great tradition of hockey. Uh, I think it just really doesn't have a downfall. In terms of some of the talent and teammates that you had uh, in Lehigh Valley, was there anybody that stood out to you as somebody uh, who you think can have like a really big impact uh, in the next few years that's currently playing on the team? Yeah, I think there's a, the obvious choice is Morgan Frost, right? He's a first-round pick. Uh, he's going to be like a Claude Giroux type of player. He's uh, an unbelievable skilled player. Um, He's a great kid. Uh, he loves the game. He's never going to lose confidence. He's always going to try to make plays. Uh, but then you look at the other guys like Connor Bunneman, who, hey, you need every role to win. And this guy is a big body that can skate real well, that can score goals. He's got good hands. He's a great, great teammate. And uh, he could be a great fourth line guy for them. So he's had a taste of it. But there's all different types of guys down there that have future roles. Uh, it just matters how much they are willing to sacrifice and how much willing to, they're willing to do to, to do to get better to get on the team, really. And I guess speaking of the future and kind of connection with the Flyers, um, I always wanted to kind of get a recent opinion and kind of a player's opinion on this, but have you kind of caught up with what uh, the NHL is kind of proposing after kind of return to the season? Yeah, it looked like uh, what I was reading today is like 2014 playoff format. The first uh, place teams get the bye. I think it makes total sense. I have full faith in those people that run the league and they're going to do the right thing. So I'm just hoping that the Flyers uh, city that they're out of will be Toronto. Cause that'd be great for me. <laughs> they, uh, I don't know how many black cases they get, but I'm a physical guy and I've been put in by the, in the playoffs before by Chuck Fletcher with Minnesota. So you never know what could happen. So I'd love to get the opportunity, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, you know, I think there's, I think there's a great opportunity for a unique thing to happen to play with no fans. You can mic up every player. You can hear all the stuff they're saying. You're going to hear a lot of swearing. Uh, you're going to, it's going to feel like you're back in minor hockey playing at like a tournament in the NHL. Oh, no. It'll be, I think it's a massive opportunity for the NHL with people all sitting at home and watching. Yeah. How would you feel about kind of like, I guess, self isolating between the games and having kind of every team into the same city? Like if you have to always play at the same arena and everything. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that you're playing playoff hockey and you're a part of it, I think you're happy. Um, obviously, it's easy for me to say I don't really – I'm not some big guy making a ton of money and have a lot of say. I'd just be happy to be there and uh, wanting to be somewhat part of the NHL. So, um, I think it's a great opportunity. I think guys will do whatever it takes to have a chance to win that Stanley Cup. And if Toronto doesn't happen as a hub city, what's your next choice for the Flyers? I guess the closest for me would be better is the best. So I guess Columbus I heard was a good spot sure. because yeah, yeah. I think so, that was a rumor. Yeah. Yeah. The closest it could be to where I'm living would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I could appreciate that. Now I wanted to talk uh, a little bit about um, a video I saw yesterday. I've been doing some research on you. I wanted to make sure we were prepared to have a great interview. And I watched this uh, interview of you uh, and forgive me, I'm going to forget the person's name, but it was a video for when you were back in uh, New Jersey. Uh, and looks like you had just come off the ice and you were talking about 
different fighting technique and what that looked like. Now, we know that fighting has kind of gradually started slipping out of the game and, and I'm very pro fighting. I know um, a lot of people are now in the particular role that you're in, how do you, you know, kind of bridge something that's kind of leaving the game and like in, integrating your role in the way that you play and still, you know, staying relevant, being a physical presence out there? Yeah, well, I haven't figured it out fully, I guess, because I'm not up there. So uh, I'm really trying to figure that out. I'm trying to adapt with the times, um, trying to prepare, just like you prepared for this interview. We're going to ask me that question. I'm trying to prepare because that's preparations and separation. I really believe that. I'm trying to figure out a way around that. So really, I've scrapped much of the fighting prep I do in the past. I used to make it a decent priority to have a lot of confidence going into the year, but uh, I don't have time for that as much. I'm, I'm going to do it a little. I do it a little bit before the season starts just to remember how to throw a punch a bit and grapple with some guys on the ice. If I can convince them, nobody even wants to work on it and practice much anymore. I have to convince guys to do it with me because they think it's embarrassing or something, but Hey, um, I don't think they're ever going to take it out of the league. So you should always be ready to defend yourself. But uh, I'm trying to work on uh, the skills and stuff. And as I said, I feel like I have the skating, um, you know, it's never going to be the best. I'm never going to be the best skater, but I think it's effective for what I do. I think I have hands that are effective with what I do. I think I need to have my head up and protect the puck a little bit more as a big body. And then other than that, just be dialed in on present moment and not worrying about uh, things I can't control. I'm going to get my certain amount of minutes and just make the most of it. So it's a very large topic that I could go on about a long time, but uh, it's very, very difficult. Um, I don't want to, I want to be that guy that was able to transition and play. I don't want to be that guy that was, that couldn't make it. And if that's the case, I'm going to die trying to do it. Exactly. Um, well, I just want to jump in here. You like mentioned it a bit before and you're kind of a, like, like talking about playing, staying mentally sharp. And I, I think that's like a part of the process that a lot of people leave out of like off season training or even like, especially in season training. What, what is it that you do to keep yourself like, or keep yourself training mentally or sharper or like ahead of, or two steps ahead of things. Number one thing I'm going to say is that when you think you have it figured out, you really freaking don't. So <laughs> uh, I've gone through that many times now, probably five times. And I can say five times specifically because I've written this thing out and I uh, did this thing I've talked about on Instagram, Instagram called past authoring. It's a program by Jordan Peterson on pastauthoring.com and you literally sit down and you have to come to terms with everything you've done so far in your life. So I wrote 16,000 words on my life from my first memory until now. Um, and that was a completely eye-opening experience. You remember things that you don't, you didn't remember before you realize things that you've made mistakes on and you keep seeing this trend. I made the same mistake five times basically. And maybe if I only made it three times, I'd be in the NHL. Maybe if I only made it yeah. four times, I'd be in the NHL. So, uh, super frustrating and um the hardest thing i do i'd rather go run a marathon at sprint speed and deal with that pain than work on the mental side so i'm trying to uh, work through that and i think i've come a long way in this two months of being in quarantine so i'm on the uh, present part i finished the present part so my present to positives and my present negatives now i'm about to do the future part where i plan the next three to five years of my uh, kind of life so uh, it's been it's been incredibly challenging, but very eye-opening, and I would recommend it to anyone. You could be 90 years old and get a lot from this, or you could be 10 years old. I don't care. Um, Jordan Peterson's data on this is like you've done it at different universities all around the world, and the dropout rate hits zero, and the people's grades go up 25%. People report being a lot more present, a lot happier, a lot yeah. more at peace with past things happening in their life. So for me, that's my number one thing right now. Do you mind me asking if that was uh, like a personal or an athletic mistake like you – 
practice like and hone in on your skills for fighting is, is this something that you're going to write into your plan and practice over oh, time yeah, or avoiding that time. in the next oh yeah that, that's like uh the number one thing is like i'm saying is to control what you can control you know yeah. i can't control when certain things happen in a game in a season all this stuff injuries whatever i can't control that all i control is my perspective and if you're able to keep that bird's eye view perspective and not get too wrapped up in your emotions yeah i think that's what really lends to being mentally tough. So I think kids coming up, like maybe if I'm a skill development coach one day, the first thing is their mental game. Like the first thing, are we, are you able to, you know, the obvious things persevere and this and that, but are you able to not get rattled by things, um, things that are going to bother you? So yeah, uh, that's, that's definitely a massive thing for any hockey player. Some people, I think it comes naturally to them. You know, it just does. You play the NHL at 18, you either are extremely talented, but you know, you're probably really mentally talented too. Yeah. Do you, do you talk a lot about this kind of mental side of the game with uh, your teammates or have you in the past at all? Uh, certain ones uh, want to talk about it more. Others don't. Right. Uh, certain goalie loves talking about it. Uh, me and him go back and forth on a lot. I think goalies, you know, have an even crazier, almost mental approach. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's some, it's just like anything. Some people want to talk about this stuff. Some people want to host a podcast like you guys. Some people don't. So uh, you kind of find out which people those are. And I, I like to lean on those people and talk about things and, I'm open to anything. I'll, I'll take any suggestion and try it out and see for myself if it works. Was there any teammate think, that you were kind of surprised by like the reaction or like wanting to talk about it? Um, not anybody I can specifically narrow up, but just right. from my overall feeling, there are guys that are just like, like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I, just play hockey. I just play hockey and it's fun. And I'm like, like, that's great that you approach it like that, but that's not how I am. The only reason I got here, was because I was psychotic about this game and I love it so much. And I tried everything to get here. I scratched and clawed and fought to get here. So that some guys just comes naturally and other guys doesn't. I have to ask you about the balance a little bit here, Curtis, because I just, even hearing what you're saying, it's so thoughtful and it's so intentional. And and I love that just about the way that you've communicated in this podcast. It's, It's so interesting to me that there is this dichotomy of what people would consider to be, you know, a bruiser, a fighter, you know, I don't want to use the enforcer word necessarily, but then have someone that's so, so well-spoken and and eloquent as you are, like, where did the two kind of cross paths? Like, where did this thoughtfulness kind of come from? I guess it's just who I am. Um, It doesn't hurt that my brother is an absolute, like, he's like a, he's going to be like a motivational speaker one day or success type of guy. He's like obsessed. He's read every book. He's just feeds me information um my mom's a really smart lady so she was a teacher I don't know if I get some some of that from her I don't know but uh I don't know I'm just I'm just running uh, the whole key to life I think is just run head on at things you like and are passionate about and that's literally what I'm doing I wake up every day and just try to sprint right at this like thing I'm trying to catch that's the NHL so I think uh if I do get there kudos to me if I don't uh with my new mindset if I can continue to go back and read that past authoring thing every time I can I'll be able to write my ship and uh, focus on what I can control. And I think the game of hockey is going to open up a lot of things for me. And already has. And I'm trying to work on the off-ice stuff and the on-ice stuff just to kind of calm my mind for the on-ice stuff so I know that I have something to get to after. I'm not just going to be a hockey player and then have nothing after. I want to be right. more, I want to be more successful after. So I think you'll find that a lot of guys, like anything, there's, you know, I'm okay with enforcers. I just don't like the word goon. But you look at across all those guys, you know, they have the George Paris's that went to – I think he went to Princeton, Princeton and then you have yeah. uh, you know, Wes Garth that went places and he's a funny guy. I've emailed him before. Um, 
then you have guys that aren't as interested and they truly are just, you know, those dudes that just want to fight and they love it. And I respect those guys too, but I'm, I'm the side that's not educated, but uh, I am, have a high school education, didn't go to Harvard, <laughs> but I'm very um, into introspection and self-exploration and just overall life fulfillment. And uh, also my new, my new girlfriend's really into it too. So that helps. So I try to, I'm trying to surround myself with people that are like that because it's only going to make us all better. Now, last one for me, and, and again, I really appreciate your honesty. That's really refreshing. So thank you for that. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about uh, a mentoring role. Now, I know that uh, you recently got the Man of the Year Award in Lehigh Valley, uh, which is really exciting. Uh, do, you, do you consider yourself to be a mentor to people on your team or people that you've kind of grown up with and, and friends and family that you have? And did you have a mentor that maybe you kind of looked to at the time and want to uh, take a lot of the things that you learned from them and apply it in other areas of your life? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, as far as like the men of the year stuff and the help off the ice, like that's should, that's what every hockey player should do. Like we have so much, we go to the rink for even me, I, I go to the rink sometimes in their five hours, sometimes in their three, sometimes in their six, but you have all this other time to go donate an hour of your time to someone or some cause. There's no reason not to do it in my opinion. And it's beneficial for not only for the people I'm visiting, but for me too. It, like when you go do these things, there's a, there's a, a giving aspect and a selfish aspect. I help them get out of their world and whether it's a kid in a hospital or a kid who wants to learn something from hockey and I get out of my own head at work and worrying about the pressure of the game. So I think that's a massive thing, first of all, that anybody can benefit from, even if you're not a hockey player and you want to go volunteer. But uh, as far as a mentor, I think I've had a lot of really good people in my life. Um, I think I try to take the, positives from all different people like I've seen leaders and mentors that are super quiet and unassuming and seen ones that are really boisterous and loud and I'm probably more on the talkative side um I played with Travis Zajac and Andy Green in New Jersey really quiet leaders and great dudes I've played with uh louder guys uh, that are more talkative I uh, can't really think of names right now but I'm just trying to take that from uh, all the influences I have and try to kind of make it my own uh, nobody can do anything in life like you do it so if I just stay, stay true to myself and be authentic it's going to lead to good things kind of I guess talking about the game changing kind of introspection of uh yourself and stuff and something that you've been passionate about in the past you kind of uh talked about it on another podcast like you kind of briefly mentioned about love is love and your support of being a kind of ally to the LGBT community um kind of where has that come from and kind of has it been like a long-term thing or something more recent. Um, yeah, just kind of talk about your kind of passion of that. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, recent to, uh, when, where was I in New Jersey? In the new year of, and I guess in the early part of 2019 or end of 2018, I can't remember specifically, specifically right now, but it's pretty recent. Um, I fell into it totally organically. Um, I grew up in a, obviously I said this before, I'm a white male, I'm a professional hockey player. I'm sheltered from a lot of things in life. Um, I'm, you know, my sexuality is, normal to most people so I don't get to deal with all this stuff so uh, uh, when I had a ex-girlfriend and uh, she had friends that were in the community and I saw them going through specifically one going through some hardship I was just like that doesn't seem right like she's a sweetheart of a human being why the hell is her family you know treating her so poorly when she literally has done nothing wrong like literally nothing wrong so it bothers me that uh, things like that happen in this world and it's not just the LGBTQ 2S community. I'm trying to figure out that acronym still. Um, 
it's the black community. It's anyone The Ahmad, Ahmad Arbery thing is mental to me. So it's, it's mm -hmm. not just that that's what I fell into because of the people that I know, and that's kind of the vein I'm in, but it really extends to anyone. Um, so it just, we had the, a pride night in New Jersey where the guys were putting the pride tape on the, ta uh, the bottoms of their stick for warm up, and then they could take it off and put their normal stuff on. So I didn't want to put it on my blade because I was like trying to stay everything focused. I felt like I was playing well. I didn't want to change up too much. I put it on my shaft uh, right below my, my grip kind of. So when everybody took it off after warm up, I was like, it's more work for me to take it off than I can just leave it. And it's probably somebody's going to notice and probably appreciate it and make them feel more included. It's pride night. Let's, let's go for it. It was literally a 0.5 second decision because I had to worry about playing against the Montreal Canadiens. So I go out and I uh, had scored my first goal two games earlier and I score a game winner on Carey Price on the pride night. And it's kind of just how it all came together very organically. It just goes back to me living my true self and being authentic. And I was raised in a house where you're a good person and you have character and you treat people with kindness. You should get that back regardless of what you look like, what you do. So that just comes from my mom and my family. Um, even with people who are religious, I love religion, go for it, but don't force it on people. Don't judge people for it. Uh, so really that's where it's all came from. And um, I, I've always wanted to put myself behind something. And I felt at the time being in, you know, the NHL for the past month or two, I was like, Hey, I have a little platform. Might as well use it. Very cool. Um, and just as someone who's like, like you're very passionate about it, you're very involved in it. And like outwardly, you can see that the NHL, like I'm going to say appears to be taking like lots of strides towards inclusivity, not just for the LGBTQ2S community or for um, like any other like type of minority. Do you, as somebody who's a part of it, like do you feel happy with that progression or do you see it moving in a way that is like, I guess, is satisfying in regards to how you want it to be shaping up? Mm, yeah, that's an interesting question because uh, as I fell into this, I wasn't super versed on the language and how to speak about it. So every time I talk to people like you about it that ask me in a public forum, I get better at speaking about it. And this is an interesting one because as I said, I'm that white male that's plays professional hockey and I'm sheltered. I am a little, I'm not naive, but I just don't see it. I don't see these things. I've, I have received no on ice backlash um, from the tape. Uh, teammates who I could tell weren't super supportive of it have even have asked me hey uh, why do you do that and I tell them they go hmm, and then that's it so yeah um, it's been very positive so I don't see the negative side of it but I do hear for hear it from all the people that message me uh, people yeah. that people that tell me hey I haven't come out to anybody yet I just need to tell talk to someone I'll come out to you right now and I, and I take that very um, you know I take that with a lot of weight and I, I really appreciate that they trust me that much um but i helped that one person i guess to get off their chest and that hey it may not the, not be the right time for you you don't know if your team's going to be supportive as a, like a minor hockey player right she's a young person um so i see it and then and then the pride team made a post yesterday and i've been talking to jeff and mclean and dean petrick they're the guys who's founded it um they had they originally started with this company that scraped bad tweets off off the internet um and it you know they had a total tally it was like 42 million times gay has been used in a certain amount of time or uh, no homo or and all that stuff and um i guess it's not as good as i think it is and that just shows how much more work there needs to be done but yeah. also like i'm not gonna lie like i'll be honest like when i was younger i didn't have any ill will towards people in the community but i said words like that just because it was part of normal language so i yeah, still yeah. believe people are, can say it and not mean any ill will to people we're just trying to make people feel more comfortable by not saying those things that we don't need to so i've had to work on my own language a little bit because it's it's just ingrained in a culture so it's not going to happen overnight and people aren't doing maliciously but it's still out there and we have a lot of work to do absolutely
Yeah, no, it's tough. Like we, Chris and I, like we coach a college team here and we unfortunately like we have to lose players or sit players like when that language comes up and it's, it's tough when you give everyone all the tools and then you realize that it's something that's unfortunately naturalized in certain nodes, right? So it's good to hear that you're liking the progression and that there's lots of work that needs to be done because good work is hard work, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I doubt we're ever going to totally not need the tape. That would be kind of utopian to believe we wouldn't. But, uh, yeah. you know, I truly believe you don't fight this stuff with hate back. You fight it with love, right? Like these people need compassion. They haven't been either educated properly. They've been raised improperly, in my opinion, with religion and whatever, that these people are bad people and all that stuff. And I'm okay with freedom of speech. I, I can still be friends with someone that thinks that about it. We just, that's how they are right now. And we're just going to continue to work on it. We're not yelling at them. We're not treating them with disrespect because just because they do something differently, it has to be all done with compassion. Amazing. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Curtis. Like I said, you've, you've touched on some really great topics and I know I, and I speak for the other guys, really appreciate um, you taking the time to spend some time with us. Uh, where can people check you out and, uh, you know, follow along with the things that you're, that you're up to? I'm Curtis Gabriel, Curtis with a K on uh, Curtis Gabriel underscore on Instagram, Curtis Gabriel on Twitter. Uh, that's where I do most of my stuff. Um, looking for anyone that wants to support what I'm doing. I get uh, mostly good stuff, but obviously there's those internet trolls, but we're going to treat them with compassion as well. But uh, yeah, I would love to hear from people. Uh, I try to get back to as many people as I can without, you know, negatively affecting my own personal psyche. Like I, at, at some points I can't get to everyone. So I try to do my best and, um, <laughs> just trying to put as much stuff out there as I can and uh, hoping that, you know, it's kind of like a karma thing. You put out, you put out good things into the world and you hope good things come back. That's how everybody should do it. Um, so I'm just trying to do that. And it's, it's hard to top that. Uh, you're, you're absolutely <laughs> right. And like I said, thank you uh, for taking some time for us today. And uh, we hope to see you back on the ice soon. No problem. No problem. Guys. Yeah, maybe in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully somewhere close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Thanks again, Curtis. All right. Thanks, Curtis. Thanks, Curtis. Appreciate it.